Welcome to the Zwift SBS Cycling Podcast. I hope the Giro has you keen to ride, despite the winter weather starting to take hold. Fortunately, the fun never stops on Zwift. It's super time efficient, safe and convenient. And it's just as social as your rides throughout the summer. The banter on the group rides, meetups and even in some of the races is a great way to connect with people from all over the globe. There's also loads of challenges to set yourself on the great courses, including riding up Alpe de Zwift, sprinting down the Champs-Élysées, even riding inside a volcano or exploring the Japan-inspired Makuri Island. Zwift is the app that makes indoor training fun. Visit Zwift.com for a free seven-day trial or just to find out more. Ride on, and here's Christoph and Macca. Bonjour, buongiorno. Welcome to the Zwift SBS Cycling Podcast. Uh, before we start, let me uh, remind you that you can uh, download, stream or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash sports or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Joining me is this man, Dave McKenzie. How are you? I'm pretty good. Thank you very much. Are you Christoph? not sick of me? Are you not sick of seeing no, me every day? You know who is? Who? He's not happy. Is that a quiet word to me? Uh, that is not in the rehearsal. Yeah, no. <laughs> Potty. Ah, Potty is here. He's like, he's a bit tired. He said, no, he hasn't, the host hasn't offered me any drinks. And I said, oh, mate. He said, no, it's not your problem. At the minute, he's leaning to warm me. Yeah, he's worn out. (laughs) So he just said, a little bit of food, a little bit of drink. True, we haven't given any love to Potty. He's like, he just sits here. I have off off camera, folks. But this man here. Well, but catch, I'm good. Catch Bolton. If you want to give a thumbs up or a comment for our friend Paddy, I'm sure that will make him a lot happier yeah, he needs these some days. Love. Everybody yeah. needs a bit of love. <laughs> uh, joining us as well for the last night uh, is Kate Bates. How are you? Kate. Hi. Nice to see you guys. It's my last night, but it isn't because I'm sick of you. I promise. Uh, sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. I call. Sure. Someone's biting your lips. In yeah. There. yeah. <laughs> no, no, we're good. Thank you, no, Kate. I hope all is well with you. Um, <laughs> Yeah, let's get into it. Uh, let's Shall get into we? it. So, what a stage. Yeah, great stage. <laughs> you Great call yesterday by you guys as well. Thank uh, you, it was good. Sprint in the end. I mean, uh, if you had to give us a quick summary before we see the, the, the final sprint, what happened until the last few hundred metres? Oh, it was, look, overall, just a great stage. And I think, I'm pretty sure we called a break to win uh-huh. the stage. But, gee, it took a long time. And we, we won't show any vision. We don't have <laughs> a long enough show. But it... I'm not kidding. In the first 45 minutes, they were averaging 54 kilometres an hour, and it was a slight 1% uphill drag. We saw there was Crazy. a good, there was a good tweet from uh, our friend Belinda on on Twitter. That she said, uh, "Oh, don't worry, guys. There's only 194 kilometres to form the break. Yeah. So don't stress." <laughs> we didn't. We didn't, Belinda. <laughs> no, it was uh, it was amazing. Hell, it was crazy. It, yeah. it was a really good stage. Yeah. And Kate, what did you think of that? Uh, all this action, because we knew if a break was going to go, it would go to the end. But the action to actually form that break was so long. Yeah, I mean, it was a couple of times I would step away to uh, put, I don't put the kettle on. I've learnt from the couch peloton that putting the kettle on is not something one does uh, while watching any racing, uh, lest somebody might take a a spill. Uh, But I did notice that every time I stepped away, I thought, oh, the break is established. And I'd come back and it wouldn't be. And there'd be a different group away and Uh, You know, based on the flurry of attacks, it was almost inevitable that one would go, but the combination uh, which would do it. And I was pretty happy with the combo, actually. There were a few pretty exciting riders uh, in there that 
you know, because sometimes when a long break goes, you're like, ah, you can pretty much pick the win from here. But I think we had enough animators that nobody would have necessarily picked the outcome. Yeah. Okay, let's have a look at the sprint then. Impossible to pick yeah. the top three. <laughs> yeah. Whoever did. Yeah, it's not smart. He's lucky. He's lucky. Yeah, pure luck. <laughs> yep. Okay, let's have a look at the sprint. Aldani now is chasing. Lemrise out in front. Aldani is closing it down. He's confident yep. enough to look over the shoulder. Yeah, Lemrise. I think he realised he's got two faster guys here. That was a really good attack, though. He didn't hesitate at all. Old, that, that might be it for him. Aldani now finds himself on the front. And it is Rota, Lorenzo Rota with the fluoro yellow helmet on who is in the best spot at this point. Lemreiser, is he done? Can he try one more time? He moves out and he assesses his rivals. It's slightly uphill from this point to the finish line. Aldani and Rota both look across to Lemreiser. He rolls back towards them into the slipstream. He's been into the red zone. 300 metres. He, he goes, goes again. again. This is good for Aldani. He can pick up the slipstream if he's got the legs to do so. Does he wait? He's waiting for Rota to go. Aldani is still pausing. Now he turns on the afterburners. Rota in the slipstream. Can he get over the top? It's Aldani. Rota neck and neck. Aldani does it. And old Danny uh, did it, of course. But uh, let's talk about the Yumbo uh, Visma. Uh, this succession of attack, it was school, school, uh, sprinting school attitude. But yeah, it's the way he did it. Yeah. Look, he, Kate, you, 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 as we watched the three come in, you know, you just, I looked at the build, the builds, respective builds of the three of them, and I went, Lemrise's third if he doesn't try something yeah. here. And sure enough, he did out of that last corner. Um, he didn't win, but I, kudos to this young pro. He's got a huge future ahead of him, and he was really impressive. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest, none of the three in the break were super experienced, and it wasn't easy to pick uh, who would take it. You know, you can base it on some of the other form they've had in the, the, some, some of the races they've uh, done well in but at this level none of them have got a particularly big or strong record so you always have to remember uh, I always think of Vanderpool at Flanders where he should have won and he didn't you know so even when on paper you think somebody is a sure thing uh, at the end in the middle of a grand tour uh, and at the end of a long stage you just don't know what could happen I think he did really well like the Jumbo Visma rider I think to uh, hit out when he did was, you're right, the best chance that he possibly had. But uh, probably not too surprising uh, that it didn't quite work out for him. Uh, but Alpes and Phoenix, guys, like I mean, they're not even World Tour yet. They will be next year. Uh, but they are simply one of the most exciting teams and rosters. Uh, and personally, I love seeing somebody uh, win from there that isn't Vanderpool. Yep. They're no one-trick pony. Or Merlier. Mer Mer yeah, as well. Those yeah, two yeah, were yeah. winning all the way, but that's true. Yeah, no, it. Uh, I've forgotten my train of thought. Sorry, uh, sorry. that's <laughs> the second time in this grand tour. I mean, it was, look, it was it was Aldani's first pro win, and he's only <laughs> twenty four. And I don't think that he would have thought his first pro win would be uh, a stage of the Giro. But you have to think that Vanderpool's presence in the break actually really helped him because a lot of eyes would have been uh, mm. on Matthew and given the other guys some opportunities. So it's turned into a beautiful way that the team has used uh, Vanderpool's strength to actually b bolster up the other riders. And I think that goes a lot to morale.
Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. Dries de Bont, he was the one who started it after the intermediate mm-hmm. sprint. Yeah. They literally sat about sixth, seventh wheel and then smacked over the top of Arnaud Demar, who had no intentions of trying to go in the break. So they were the smartest. They were the smartest team and they were the only team that put three in that big breakaway. So, yeah, yeah. That, you know, it was theirs to lose, I guess you could say. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what we haven't had since the beginning of this podcast uh, this year? It's a good zigger zigger or whatever it is. Oh, you need a zigger zagger. We need a zigger zigger. Do you know what a zigger zagger is, Kate? I do not. I'm about to. No. Look. Oh, you, oh, you'll know. You surely out. will know. <laughs> now, let's find out. <laughs> do we want to roll it? Yeah, come on, let's roll it. To all the staff, to the teammates. Uh, yeah, it was just amazing. So, just cheers. Oh, yeah, come on. Come on. Hey, hey, hey. I miss you, Rob. I miss you, Rob, for this trans translation um, (laughs) coming tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah, we're working on it. We're working on it. Kate, you speak Dutch, don't you? Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oh, right. Yeah, I do, but you obviously don't speak um, um, a dialect Dutch. Yeah, exactly. Come on, show us then. Yeah, show us your proficient in Dutch now. Dutchy, Dutchy, Dutchy. Oi, oi, oi. Although he's not Dutch. Pleased to see that the champagne was already in the glasses and we didn't have to yeah. hold our breath uh, for the And again, it's probably Prosecco, not champagne, just to say, uh, just oh, to be correct. Sorry. <laughs> it's not sparkling. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, Roll yeah, your eyes, champagne. Macca. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know, I know, I know. Not anyway, the first time. Uh, let's listen yeah. from uh, the winner yesterday of the stage, old Danny. Stefano, you probably knew that you were the fastest of the three, but it hasn't been easy, right? No, for sure it was not easy. Uh, I knew uh, Rota, it's uh, my friend, so I knew that he was also fast. So I had to watch out and for sure the other guy, it was obvious that he, he wanted to, to try to anticipate. So it was it was not, not so easy to manage it, but in the end it uh, looks like I did it. To be uh, in that uh, top three finish, how important has uh, the presence of uh, Mathieu van der Poel been in the breakaway? For sure, is is crucial because uh, we knew already that if we was in present more more than one in the break, a lot of guys was watching to Mathieu, and it was a good chance for uh, for the other guys. So today we managed it really really well. We was in three. I think it was just the, the only team that we was in three. So we did it. They did it all right. Stefano, old Danny here. Uh, there's been a lot of comment on the color of that shirt. The the the, br- the, the Alpacine mm. shirt. The, the oh, brownish color. I love it. I love it. I love that color. What, what's your opinion, Kate? We have to have a mandatory talk about fashion in this podcast. So what, what's yeah. your opinion, Kate? Look, I wish that I had a more cultured way to describe my feelings on the color. Uh, what comes to mind is um, baby poo green. I apologize. But yeah, it is. It's kind of gross. Oh, there's nothing about it. Yeah, I love it. I so love it. I honestly nice. love it. <laughs> so that's a thumbs down. Yeah. That is a double I, thumbs I, I honestly down. love it. Let us know if you yeah, like well, this shirt. I know a lot of people don't, but I do. I, and I do <laughs> like the fact that they, you know, Alpecin is one of these teams that are changing their colours as they go that along in the, in the actual, yeah. in the actual you races. You know I loved last year's Tour de France. Oh, I loved the, the tribute. The oh, Merci Poupou one. Yeah, yeah, it was beautiful. Too. I actually tried to buy your shirt, remember? You and did. They were all sold out. I'm still so waiting. I'm still waiting, mate. I'm still waiting. Did you try and buy all of us one, uh, Christophe? I, I believe they were I all sold out within minutes when we tried to buy it. 
Yeah, well, I looked I'm on the website a month ago, mate. They're still there. So. <laughs> They're thick ones. <laughs> but I love it. I mean, I'm surprised actually that the UCI kind of lets them have a bit of panache because remember they tried to stop their tour jersey last year and everybody got a bit cranky at that and said, come on, UCI, like, give yeah. us a go. I love it. I think that the only thing really missing in the fashion stakes is the number on the back of the jersey. And, uh, Macker, I heard in commentary last night, once again, Keno mentioning it. I think it's like his bingo card. He gets it in he's right, every mate. stage. And it, because he's dead right, it, it would yeah. be a big step up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, true, yeah. true that. Yeah. So let's go and, and move on on the, uh, the, the other interviews we have. Uh, the King of the Mountains, because this is going to become a battle that is going to intensify in the next uh, few days and two hours next week. Uh, what do we know about the battle right now? Well, we know that Diego Rosa is leading. Uh, remember, he was the guy on that very, very slow stage. He attacked off the front, hoping he'd drag a few riders with him. No one did. So he stayed out there on his mm -hmm. own. He's uh, actually a really experienced pro. Um, he can win this. He can win this. He, he rides for the Eola Cometa squad, uh, the team of Alberto Contador yep. and Ivan Basso. But he's got a challenge on his hands. Mm -hmm. And the way he'll win it is... In the breakaways, he has to do it from the breakaways. He's not a, you know, Pure. he won't climb with the very best. Yeah. Um, but, to, but, but there's a few guys breathing down his neck, as well as a couple of GC guys that could inadvertently mm -hmm. win it. You've been in the Giro. How important is the, uh, the Mayo Azzurra? Because we, we, we know that the polka dot is the best jersey after the yellow jersey. We know that. <laughs> we know you think <laughs> well, that everyone, anyway. I'm, I'm sliding my uh, no, information. Yeah. But it's, the Azzurra in terms of the, the classification. Well, yeah. you look at... It, it's confusing even for the people who are engrossed in the world of cycling. It is for me yeah. to not fully understand. You have to remind yourself, Kate. I don't know about you. I do. I have to remind myself of the colours of the Giro d'Italia, the leaders' jersey colours each year. Yeah, I, the, I find the blue. I don't know. There's just something about it that doesn't match with um, King of the Mountains in my head. And, and that should not take away from it at all. And Christoph, no. you're the man of fashion. I mean, I would feel that you'd have quite a strong opinion on the polka dots uh, being yeah, very yeah, well, symbolic. Of Sharon Kaylin. said it here. It's Fashion Friday with Christoph. That's a new segment. <laughs> Fashion <laughs> Friday. <laughs> yeah, Forget, that's why uh, I'm I was going to say maybe Fromage Friday because it's taken a life of its own, Fromage Friday. Yeah. They can sponsor. <laughs> exactly. What is it? Fashion, Fashion Friday. Friday with Fashion, Fashion Friday. Friday. Oh, Friday's busy. Uh, but I yeah. think that, um, you know, these jerseys are still very important for the teams and uh, a lot of these smaller Italian teams. And we kind of joke, only half joke, though, that when they're on the attack, it's like uh, TV time and trying to get their sponsors' names uh, up mm -hmm. the road. And these are also the jerseys. And, Mackie, you wore a lot of these in your, in your day with the million sponsors on them. There's not, like, two main ones. It's like every little square uh, is occupied. Now, when they are in a leader's jersey, they really only have the main sponsor on there and don't have all of those other little ones. So, yes. I don't know. Potentially, it's not actually as good for the smaller teams. I mean, yeah, that's just a bit point. of a random yeah, thought. That's true. But, you yeah, know. no, that's true. It's, they, they do. They rely on their smaller sponsors. Um, mm. yeah. yeah. I'm going to try and do some homework on this. Um, so we can, can we play our next um, Well, interview? you've got one minute and a second. <laughs> okay, I reckon I'll find out and then I'll come back with hopefully a stat. <laughs> Is yeah. Diego Rosa, the leader of the King of the Mountain in the Giro? It was a strange day, no? Uh, it was not a lot of points on the KOM uh, classification, uh, so it was a strange final for me. I was, uh, it was uh, better to stay more safe in the bunch and recovery for the 
we can, no? And to... What kind of race uh, can we expect tomorrow? Ah, now we will have uh, someday really easy, as easy as, uh, as easy as possible to recover. Uh, some days full gas uh, just to make some much uh, more point as possible. Uh, have you studied on the roadbook where you will have to grab some more points? Yeah, look, I was studying a little bit in the last few days, and uh, of, uh, of course. Uh, It will be some days where uh, I need to move and uh, I need to be in, uh, at the front. So it, it will be some uh, key point in this uh, end of the year for me and uh, we will see on the road. Grazie, Diego. Grazie. Bye. Okay, that was uh, Diego Rosa. So come on, uh, Dr. Wikipedia. Yeah. What have you got? No, no, I just went through <laughs> yeah, the Rolodex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a, it was, it's a little bit old. Um, but so the the the... The, I was about to say the polka dot jersey. <laughs> the King of the Mountains jersey in the Giro d'Italia. So it was first awarded in 1933, but from 74 to 2011, it was a green jersey. Yeah. <laughs> it was a green jersey. And then due to sponsorship, new sponsorship from 2012 onwards, it's become the Azzurra, the blue. But so that, there's, there's stories uh, like this. Remember at the Tour de France, they had the red jersey, which was the catch jersey. Yeah, the catch jersey. Oh, yeah, and the I catch jersey the was, jersey. it's an insecticide in France. Was it? Yeah, it's an insecticide, catch. <laughs> it's like here, I don't know the brand of the insecticide. but Catch sprints. It used catch, to be called the catch sprints. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. it was a red jersey with catch, but catch was a, actually the brand, the brand of the yeah. insecticide. So there, yeah, there's but, the... I don't know, guys. I mean... Good, like, should they so, all be polka dot? Should they all uh, be polka dot? I yes, mean, they should. Ideally, yes. But the one thing I think that cycling really falls down in is you can't really follow a team through and through. Like, you know, I've got my old Parramatta uh, Eels jerseys that my dad used to wear 50 years ago. Um, that They might not have the current sponsor on it, but you still know it's the Parramatta Eels jersey. You can't do that in cycling. And I think it's a bit of a bummer for, you know, long-term fans to be able to stay with teams now that the world tour licenses go wherever it changes name and you're not really sure whether to follow a rider or a team that's a bummer and if the grand tours have all these different colored jerseys based on different sponsors you also can't really you know jump on the bandwagon with that i'm a bit sentimental aren't i fellas but i just think you know they should like give us something free. to follow Make it easy Yeah. Should race for free or race for free? Oh. Take the sponsors out of it. Oh yeah, good one. That's a that's work. a even better one, Mac. Yeah, yeah, that'll work. Let's open up the flow. Of the, now that the we're retired, Kate, they should all race for free. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, yeah. let's uh, let's move on. Lopez is still in the actual pink leader's jersey, uh, so he's a bit like uh, our podi here, but he's wearing this jersey. Uh, let's listen from him, and then uh, we'll uh, we'll talk about him straight after this. Uh, the first hour of racing, when it was very fast. Uh, today was amazing. The first hour, I look my wahoo and I say, oh, this is impossible. And maybe 53 or 54k in the first hour. But then the breakaway go and the team uh, managed also really good. Uh. Is it uh, the racing conditions that uh, you like the most, despite the speed when it's uh, that hot, like at home in South of Spain? Yeah, I like the hot, I like the... But, okay, we never decide the weather, so we need to adapt. I also like the rain, the cold days. 
so they need to adapt. Today is uh, the ninth time that you take the Malia Rosa. It's the same number as uh, Nairo Quintana, for example. You realize that uh, it becomes heavy now? Uh, for sure, I arrived here. Uh, we, uh, my objective was uh, w try to win summer stage, but now I live one dream, no? Night days in Maglia Rosa and was amazing. And maybe more. That's quite a record to uh, equal uh, Nairo, the great Nairo Quintana Gate. Yeah, it is. I mean, we need to remember that he's he hasn't come from nowhere, but he doesn't have a huge history of this. A couple of years ago, back in 2019, he was still in a small uh, Spanish continental team with Cometa. And actually, he old Dani was in the team the same year, if I uh, have got that memory right. So I think that their alumni are having a pretty good time at the Giro. Uh, you know, we, we know that every day he gets in the pink from now on is... A bit of a bonus and much as we love him we've seen his demeanor drop a little bit he continues to look a bit tired uh, we'll talk about tonight's stage uh, in a little bit I suppose but uh, Macker I reckon that you know tonight may be the night it may be the the night that he says thank you and farewell to the pink Ooh, I think he'll hold it tonight I mm -hmm. think he'll hold it tonight but, but uh, you, one... you, you guys made a very good point, I think, in the pod or somewhere. Uh, it's not coming from me, but it's from, from one of you. When you said when he start, when he will start dropping out of that leadership, it's going to drop massively. Mm. Well, well, the discussion I had with Matty Keenan <clears throat> last night uh, was on that. But also I said, there was one thing I said that, and this is fairly true, a guy who doesn't win a Grand Tour these days in this modern era... It's very rare for someone to hold it for as long as he has. Mm -hmm. So this yeah. is, he clearly is a revelation of the race. Yeah. And then Matty Keenan corrected me and I said that. I said, when he loses it, he, he, it doesn't matter. He'll drop out massively. Keenan said, not necessarily. He was 13th in the Vuelta, I think, last year or two years ago. So this guy, Lopez, Matty said he could, he could finish inside the top 10. And we agreed, well, he's got a head start, hasn't he? He's got a head start on everyone yeah. at the moment. Uh, he yeah, looks like he tired, though. He does look tired. So, yeah, I mean, I think he'll hold it tonight, yeah. Kate. I don't think yeah. it'll challenge him too much, but then the next day oh, is probably when he'll lose it. You know, you're right, Macker. I think I'm a day ahead of myself because tonight we might even get the sprinters out. Um, but tomorrow it's... they head into the high mountains, and I'd be surprised for that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's have a look at the, the ranking. So he's still in the lead, uh, and Carapaz is still second, and Almeida third on the podium. Uh, he's still a very select group of 10 people, anyone can uh, win anything from uh, from this pool. Uh, is, is Carpa still looking the best? Yeah, think? he's looking good. Yeah, he's, uh, Look, he, I think him and Al, uh, well, I was going to say Almeida. Almeida is looking good. But for me, Carapaz and Bardet, Bardet is looking mm -hmm. and the morale in that, in that team, team yeah. post-stage win. Bardet put on a great ride at the blockhouse. He even attacked Carapaz a couple of times and Carapaz didn't reply with an attack. Mm-hmm. So mm. I think they're the two key so is, is, that, is that where you see the Shodan? Do Would you agree, uh, Kate, as well? Yeah, I would agree. And uh, when they came into Genoa uh, on last night's stage, um, I believe that like 50% of the immigrant population is from Ecuador. So he had a huge number of fans waiting for him at the finishing line. Um, really noisy fans, just giving him a lot of support. And I think at this point in a Grand Tour, that would boost you so very much because his role until now has been to sit, wait and be patient. He's gone through with only one fall that I'm aware of uh, a couple of days ago and it wasn't too bad. Uh, and it was yeah. the same stage he then got his three bonus seconds. So it obviously uh, he shook that off. I think that 
he's done a pretty good job of just sitting waiting patiently so he'd be ready for that but Bardet I don't know there's a little bit of jazz about him this year like that lead out the other day yesterday was pretty special uh that's un like so you know I wonder if he's got a bit of a nothing to lose kind of attitude yeah, he's becoming a really the captain of uh, of that team he's the leader but he's, he's also becoming the captain he's of, enjoying of that team. his time and uh, hey it'd be remiss of us not to just quickly mention Lucas Hamilton yes thought he had a great yeah. ride overnight he gained uh, eight minutes seven minutes look it's pushed him up into 16th place for everyone at home watching you're probably thinking fine that's okay I think he should shoot for the stars Kate and the stars meaning a top 10 I think he's he's capable of doing it and he proved he was really good on the main climb Yeah, I agreed. And when he was in the break last night, you mentioned it, Macca. You were like, this is great. This is great for bike exchange and it's great for Hamilton. Mm -hmm. uh, and I agree. He's super talented. I think he, he's given a little bit of rope. I also think that he's probably uh, under-considered by some of the other riders. So he may be able to get in a few breaks uh, in the next couple of days and mm -hmm. nobody be too concerned uh, about him. Yeah. So I think it's quite exciting. You know, and mm. if he believes in himself and he had a good day. Uh, oh, but one thing I did hear that I wanted to ask you about, uh, Macca, is he did say that when that break went at the end of stage 12 uh, and Kelderman was chasing back on on the descent, that he was struggling to hold the wheel and he felt a little bit uh, nervous about the speed they were going downhill. Is that a typical Hamilton thing? Because I didn't realise he had any issues descending and I wanted to... See if you did, or maybe no. was the stage overwhelming for him. I, don't know. I didn't hear that. I have, I hadn't heard that quote uh, either, to be honest. Um, no, I wouldn't have known that. So that is interesting. That is interesting. Mm -hmm. I did see a, I did see a stat from one of the teams, courtesy of the Valon data, that I think the quickest rider at some point on the stage yesterday was 83, 84 kilometres yeah. an hour. Yeah. So they would have been moving, mm -hmm. rocketing down yeah, a couple of these descents. Yeah. Let's uh, have a quick mention as well uh, about Jai. You know, yep. what can he do? But also Jai in a context that Kelderman did really well uh, yesterday. Yep. He, he really made up some time. Does that change anything in the position for that team? And can Jai, like we are a bit more than halfway through that Giro. Uh, can Jai reach the podium? Because he's, he's not, he hasn't gone into the mountains yet uh, that much, but he's one on top of the blockhouse. Can we draw anything from there? What can we think about Jai? Jai definitely can go podium. And look, Jai can win the bike race. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. he can definitely go podium, though. And, Kate, the Calderman thing, it's actually a good thing. Yeah. Calderman said he, he's not – post-stage, he said, I am not racing for the overall. I haven't got it this year for the high mountains. But I think it's good that they've got him closer. He, he again, acts as a real support for, for Jai. Yeah, I agree. I actually think it's a really great thing that Kelderman uh, is now up in 12th or 13th. Because what it means now is they've kind of got three prongs to their attack and the mm. GC teams are going to have to be very careful letting any of those three go. That's a pretty strong position and the strongest position of any team out there. Uh, and with Jai at the top of that pecking order, I think that puts him in really good stead. Mm. Uh, and we were talking about the uh, blue KOM jersey, dearie me, uh, earlier, but I actually think that Jai could potentially take that as well because he's look he's 43 points behind but we know there's a lot more points to come and he's the only GC rider uh, that's right up there behind so that could be uh, a good one too I don't think Australia's won a KOM jersey Macca since uh, Simon Clark in the Vuelta 
you, in a grand yeah, final. Yeah, you're probably right. Matt Lloyd won the Giro KOM, didn't he? But that was yeah, that was before. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did that research when we looked into the the yeah, we're due for another one. Let's do it in France. Why not? <laughs> Let's do a polkadot in France. Why not? Let's start a campaign. <laughs> it can't be Ben O'Connor, though. It can be whoever you want. Well, I, don't, I don't care, but I want to see a nosy in a polkadot in this France. This is a pre-TDF chat. Yeah, no, exactly. Just exactly. Stay on, stay on, stay on <laughs> um, topic, the, mate. This may come up a little bit in a, during the Tour de France. This may come up. Hey, you've just reminded me, both of you, this discussion that we're having. Here's another pretty cool stat. The third week of the Giro, which we're about to go into... 22,000 metres of climbing, right? 22,000 metres. I think the second week has had 17. The first week was like 10 or 12. And the third week is the shortest amount of kilometres of the three weeks. So so we are in, which is so typical, why we're not surprised, we're in for a brutal uh, and exciting uh, third week. Let's have a look at the stage uh, tonight, Maka. Uh, what do we make of uh, of, uh, of that stage? It is, look, I think it really is a day for the breakaway, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those ones. It's reminiscent, though. It's a little bit reminiscent of um, Demar's first stage win. He got dropped over the climb. They had 100 mm-hmm. kilometres to get back on. He got back on. This climb is tough in the, in the early part there, but it's only 150 kilometres in length. Uh-huh. The stage. Mm. So, it's a short. Yeah, it's a short stage. I think there's going to be some teams that are just going to try and blast up this climb. Um, Cav doesn't have uh, Moku. Caleb's out. Demar's got two, Kate. They're, they're not under any mm. pressure. He's got the sprinter's jersey. I don't see a bigger chase as what we, what we would have mm. seen in the first week. So I think a breakaway will win the day. Yeah, I mean, I think that the very big risk for Demar is if they do decide it's a good idea to try and consolidate uh, the points at that first sprint ahead of the mountains ahead. Uh, Because if you are a little bit uh, wiped out after that sprint, it goes straight onto the climb. It's a 10K climb. There is a long way after that, but if you lose enough time and you're with a bunch that is really happy not to chase back on, that's him for the day. Uh, I actually think he could potentially win the stage if there isn't a breakaway. Um, and so you're right, I think it will really, a lot will come down to actually what FDJ um, want out of the day. And if it does come anywhere near a sprint, um, I'm going to say that Gaviria is possibly due yeah. um, for a win. And I, yeah. I don't know, I've been thinking about him a bit uh, this week. You know, like I've, I've said, I'm not a huge uh, fan of his character, perhaps. He's got a little bit too much swagger. But we re- have to remember, he was the first pro to ever get COVID. Um, at the UAE tour. Uh, he's had it twice since. He was very ill with it the first time. Yeah, he's got it come back has been yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So and I, was... I think it's, yeah, it, it's remarkable that he's even here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he, that... he also needs to wear a mask a bit because of... Uh... Does he? Uh, well, <laughs> think you get three times COVID in a year and a yeah, half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's something he's, he's hanging out in the wrong places. Or I didn't something. get COVID three times. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> no, it's, but it's a good point to remind ourselves and everyone. He, he was. He was one of those first ones. And he was stuck in the UAE, I think, for a month or more. Yeah. It was pretty tough. Yeah. 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 So, look, uh, I'm not a huge fan, but I, I think that he deserves our respect and could possibly pull one off here. No, I'm yeah. going to go Magnus Court for tonight. <laughs> Magnus Court. I'm going Magnus Court for tonight. Yeah, okay. I think he, uh, it's about time. He was in the break last night. Hold on. Night, yeah, if I, mean, I can I throw... <laughs> delivered donuts. <laughs> it's just if hiding for tonight. If I can throw tonight. a total smokey out, um, I want Consoni. 
because he's been close. Uh, he was in the break again overnight. He's just got mm. the best facial hair going on in the whole bunch. And <laughs> since it's Fashion Friday, Christoph, like we've got to give some kudos for that yeah, as well. Okay. I need to have this one. Okay, Maka wanted me to bring this tweet up. Because you, you wanted to see this. Yeah, what have we got here? Uh, we've got 89. So Café Roubaix is, is a Twitter account that we, we actually follow. Uh, 89 consecutive Grand Tour stages without a Spanish winner. That is phenomenal. That is phenomenal. Do the and sums, peeps. But that's at least three heading up towards four Grand Tours in a row. Yeah, without a Spanish in win. In fact, it was Yoni Zagirda, I believe, in the 2020 Volta. Uh -huh. The last Spaniard to win a Grand Tour stage. But I love the answer here. And... Uh, which obviously it sounds by a Spanish fan that didn't really like that. So stat. you've taken offence? <laughs> no, I'm not taking offence. I find that funny, actually. As a, as a, as a Frenchman? <laughs> but uh, uh, the, the, the Spaniard replied, yes, but 96 consecutive Grand Tours with a, a French winner. That is, and that is an uh, unbelievable stat. And it's Laurent Fignon in 89. <laughs> Laurent Fignon, he's one of your faves. He's I one of it. my faves, too. How does that make you feel? Uh, He's still been robbed in 89. So, <laughs> so. You got a violin, Kate? Have yeah, you got a violin there? Why did you bring that tweet up? <laughs> yeah, I asked. He put it in. I'm just putting comments for myself. Mathieu says, go Bardet. Yeah, go Bardet. <laughs> 89. 89. It's actually, I mean, we laugh and you know, make, make fun of it. But France is the heartbeat of world cycling. Yep. The Tour de France yeah. is it. That's, I think we can't argue with that. Yet a Frenchman hasn't won a Grand Tour, 89. Believe me, I know. <laughs> Believe me, I know. Uh, and, and I want to be in France when the Alaphilippe wins it, not this year, next year. You know? Which life is that? <laughs> yeah. Which, which, um, which um, solar system are you going to for that? <laughs> yeah. Okay, it's Friday. I think we should better wrap up. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting tired. <laughs> hey, one more thing. Happy birthday to one of the legends of the sport, and he's still going. Speaking of Grand Tours, Chris Froome, 37 years old today. Wouldn't it be something if he came back and won the Tour de France this year? Yeah. Just saying. Just putting it out there. On which sort of system? Where we live now, mate. Where we live now. So happy birthday, Chris Froome. Happy birthday. Anyway, the stage. Stage 13 tonight starts at 10 past 9 on SBS On Demand and 11 p.m. on your television. You're not commentating tonight. I need beauty sleep. Uh, that's what SBS does. Uh, hang on, Maka, you're starting to look a bit. So I got I got the night off, but you've got the very fabulous Simon Gerrans and Bridie O'Donnell, of course, with the man himself, Matty Keenan. Yeah, yep. 100%. Thank you, Kate, as well, for all your uh, insight over this uh, this Grand Tour. And, uh, and then, yeah, just enjoy the cycling from now. I shall, I shall. Thank you for having me, guys. And uh, let's enjoy the rest of this and go Jai. I won't get to say it on here, but... I'll uh, say it online. Yeah. Okay, yeah, good. good stuff. Thanks, Thank Kate. you, Kate. This was the uh, Zwift SBS Cycling Podcast. Before we go, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash sport or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Next podcast is tomorrow, same place, same time. Until then, it's bye for now. Now that we're done talking cycling, for today at least, let's do a little riding ourselves because the fun never stops on Zwift. 
Training solo at home, I admit, it gets old real quick. But with Zwift group rides, events and races, you'll have plenty of people to ride with and chat with to keep you motivated. Plus, it's got great built-in training programs tailored for every ability. There are even workouts that can be squeezed into 20 minutes if you're really stuck for time. On Zwift, traffic lights, stop signs, busy roads, bad weather, they all disappear. And each interval has the watts and rest periods dialed in for the perfect training conditions. To start riding and discovering how Zwift makes indoor training fun, head to Zwift.com for a free seven-day trial. Thanks for watching or listening whilst you're riding on Zwift.